You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. So in the past year, I've been investigating and tracking uh, this financially motivated cybercrime operation that's based in Vietnam. That's Mohammed Kazem Hassad Najad from With Secure's Intelligence Unit. The research we're discussing today is titled Ducktail Returns Underneath the Ruffled Feathers. And we initially um, got a notice of this. Uh, operation through a sample that we received from our uh, threat hunters that run our managed detection and response service. Well, let's go through it together here from a high level. uh, Who are these people targeting? So the operation targets individuals and businesses that operate on Meta or Facebook's uh, business and ads platform. And that's basically a platform that a company would use to run and manage uh, Facebook pages and ad campaigns across uh, uh, Meta's different platforms, such as uh, Facebook and Instagram. Well, let's go through it together here. How would someone find themselves falling victim to this? So the threat actor uh, primarily targets those that are in the digital marketing and advertisement vertical, as those are folks that make most likely make use of Facebook's business and ads platform. The threat actor first scouts for these victims and targets them through uh, mediums such as LinkedIn and WhatsApp by sending them attachments that supposedly contain things such as business and advertisement proposals for different brands such as L'Oreal. And even uh, recently, we've been seeing the threat actor um, using lures that contain the Christmas theme as Christmas is approaching. That's interesting. So someone gets one of these attachments, but what's uh, what's in the attachment there? What kind of uh, malware is contained within? Yeah, so the attachment actually contains an information stealer malware that is disguised, like I mentioned, as a um, project plan or a business proposal. And once the victim uh, executes the information stealer malware, the malware then proceeds to 
uh, exfiltrate information from the victim's machine and Facebook account if the victim has logged on to their face- Facebook account on their device and also automatically attempt to add the attacker's email address as an administrator with finance editor role into any business that the victim might have access to. Well, let's talk about the Facebook aspect of this. Can you give us a little bit of the the background here? What are people typically doing on Facebook, the businesses, and what exactly are these bad guys targeting? What are the capabilities they're after within Facebook itself? Sure. So basically one of the biggest revenues and profits for uh, Meta and uh, Facebook is the ads revenue, and that's where Meta makes a lot or most of their money from. And a lot of companies use Facebook and Meta's um, advertisement platform and business platform to reach the user base that that Meta provides. And there, the advertisement agencies and digital marketing folk will use this platform to run ad campaigns for let's say, a specific product that they might be um, launching soon. And in their, and these assets are basically controlled through a business account that is linked to the company. And the business account will have basically personal Facebook accounts that will like manage certain assets in that or for that business. And with the business account, there will be a payment method that will be linked to it that's used for running these ad campaigns and what the threat actor is basically after by hijacking these uh, Facebook business accounts by adding themselves as a uh, administrator with finance editor role is to get access to this business's payment methods to then leverage it in order to run fraudulent ads. So what kind of ads would they be running? What what sort of things are are they after here? are, Are they... Are they selling ads to someone else? Are they running things for themselves? Well, the evidence strongly suggests that the goal of the operation is to gain access to the business accounts and use the hijacked uh, hijack businesses' advertising credits and payment mm-hmm. methods to run fraudulent ads. But because this sort of this sort of information is not really visible to us, we've only been able to see um, some of the advertisements that have been that have been run through hijacked or compromised business accounts through our incident response uh, cases. And in those cases, um, they were mainly fraudulent ads that, um, that, 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 that seemed that seem uh, legitimate, but what we believe the business model basically behind this operation is to probably provide advertisements for a much lower rate than what Meta would offer. Mm. So are they trying to be stealthy at all here? Once they get access to someone's Facebook business account, are they trying to fly under the radar or, or are they trying to, you know, burn through as much as they can as quickly as can until, until their access is cut off? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole operation, so the operation consists of the attack lifecycle basically consists of multiple stages that across uh, multiple platforms. So starting from the how the uh, victims are basically targeted. So usually with malware, you see uh, malware being delivered through malicious spam campaigns. Uh, so a lot of victims might get a, a malicious attachment. But with this, uh, with this basically campaign, the threat actor directly targets th- those that they believe have access or make use of uh, 
Meta's business and ads platform. So right off the bat, they're specifically targeting individuals that they believe might have access to fly under the radar. And then the malware or the information stealer malware actually makes use of different techniques in order to bypass different uh, detection mechanisms. For instance, the uh, since mid-2021, um, the time that we believe the campaign had started, the threat actor has been making use of certificates to sign their malware with extended validation. And in order to do this, they actually need to uh, set up a, or have a business that they can register a certificate for through a certificate authority. And that's a very rigorous process in order to get an extended validation cert. So there's a lot of like resource development that goes in there. And what having a, a signed malware basically does with extended validation, we believe this will bypass uh, Microsoft smart screen. So these attachments, as they look like uh, business proposals, the icon will look like a PDF or a uh, spreadsheet. And obviously, if you double click on it as it's an executable, um, if it's an unknown or unverified sample, then the smart screen would prompt and that would tell the victim that would, would raise suspicion that this is probably not a PDF file because it's saying that it wants to execute something. Then in order to bypass this, they're making use of um, the extended validation certificate. And they, in the latest variants, we've seen them also launch dummy files um, to make it look like a legitimate, for example, if it's a, it looks like a uh, spreadsheet, it, it will actually launch a dummy spreadsheet file just to make it look like it's actually legitimate. And then um, once they manage to get access to the Facebook business account, um, that point onwards, um, there, there's two ways actually, like they can do it through a hands-on attack because not all victims might have a, a high level access to the business account to be, to add the threat actor's email address as an administrator. So they will rely on a hands-on approach where they will impersonate the victim to achieve their post-compromise activities. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With SixthSense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose SixthSense, visit SixthSense.com. Let's go through some of the, the actual capabilities of the malware. In your research, you you list uh, what it's capable of here. Can we go through that together? Sure, absolutely. So basically, once the malware is launched, it will start uh, looking through the device for 
um, all the cookies that someone has in their browser. And if it finds an authenticated Facebook session, so once you log into Facebook and you press that uh, the remember me, it, it actually has an authenticated session as a cookie that's stored on the device. And it will use that in order to basically steal information from the victim's personal account, Facebook personal account, and also look whether the personal account has any businesses linked to it. And if it does, then it will use the uh, victim's access to that business to add themselves into the business account. And whether or not it's successful, it exfiltrates all the information that it, it steals from the victim's machine, including all the uh, browser cookies and the personal account information and business account information, and exfiltrates all of this to the threat actor's command and control channel, which um, since late 2021 has been uh, Telegram. Yeah, that's an interesting aspect on its own there, right? That they're using Telegram for uh, for CNC? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually... Um, the threat actor had initially set up their own infrastructure and had their own domains linked to the operation. But then in late 2021, we actually, we actually saw the shift to using Telegram. And this, first of all, leaves a lot less fingerprints um, because they no longer have an infrastructure that they need to manage and that gets uh, linked to the operation. And obviously, Telegram makes it easy through their API to set up a command and control server where you can directly communicate. You can send commands and then receive information as like an archive file. So it makes it quite easy to manage basically for the threat actor. So, But the downside of that is that we can actually observe and monitor and track the activity that we see in the command and control channel um, because they have to provide an API key that get, that the malware will use in order to communicate with the command and control channel in the first place. Yeah, that's interesting. So what are your recommendations then for people to best protect themselves against this? It's quite lucrative and difficult to actually protect against these sort of attacks. And there's no single solution because the attack lifecycle um, spans across multiple platforms. So first off, in order to avoid the spear phishing uh, attempts, it's it's vital to raise awareness on, on these form of spear phishing attacks among users that have access to Facebook or meta business accounts. And as the malware utilizes an information stealer malware that's that's designed for the window for Windows machines, it's vital for victims to run either uh, either EDR or EPP solutions to prevent and detect the malware in the earlier stages of the attack li- attack lifecycle. And obviously, it's also vital to uh, for, for a victim or for a user to have basic hygiene and protection in place on their personal and managed devices. And that's something that's quite, uh, that, that makes this quite difficult to protect against because for Facebook business accounts, basically a victim actually has their personal account associated to it. So they're going to have logged on to their personal accounts from both personal devices and managed devices. And that means that um, they need to basically 
have basic hygiene in place and protection in place across all different devices that they might log into uh, their Facebook account through. And lastly, on the Facebook's platform itself, it's important to follow Meta's follow Meta's uh, recommend, recommended security practices. I would imagine too that uh, you know a lot of Facebook business users, you'll have multiple people who have access to that business account, and because there may be multiple people, that uh, may make it harder to know if there's someone there who doesn't belong. Yeah, absolutely, and this is. Um, one of the difficulties with with these sort of attacks. But I believe that there are notifications, for example, that are sent out and there are some there are some security features in place on the on Meta's platform. And that's why it's recommended to follow what uh, Meta recommends on their platform to avoid this sort of compromises from taking place um, on the platform itself. But like I mentioned, um, there are also uh, basically things that someone can do before that to prevent this sort of attacks. And that comes from protecting their devices and following basic hygiene, as well as ensuring that they're aware of these form of attacks so they don't click or download a suspicious or malicious attachment in the first place. You pointed out that uh, the evidence uh, indicates that this is a Vietnamese threat actor, um, are they going after anyone in particular? Is there a geographic area that they're targeting or, or are they uh, just uh, general opportunists? Not really. Yeah, they're basically general opportunists as we see them primarily target companies that work in the advertisement and digital marketing uh, vertical, but we don't see a specific uh, geographical region that they're, they're targeting. But some of their attachments are quite targeted. For example, they will have the country name appended to it. So that means that the threat actor is well aware of their victims before targeting them, where they are located and what their role is. And um, they use these in order to craft the malware uh, name and whatnot to make it look more um, innocent, basically, uh, to the victim. Thanks to Mohammed Kazem Hassad Najad from With Secure for joining us. The research is titled Ducktail Returns Underneath the Ruffled Feathers. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero-trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com.
The CyberWire's Research Saturday podcast is a production of N2K Networks, proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Liz Irvin, Rachel Gelfin, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Maria Vermatsis, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Millie Lardy, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Catherine Murphy, Janine Daly, Jim Hoshite, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, Simone Petrella, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. 